All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Grid Iron Zero's podcast. And lots of money. It is. You always do that. I always forget how long that drop is. It's episode 77, a bit of a shorter one this week. Uh, We got... uh, We've got got the pass or play game. Uh, It's a little segment we came up with. We're also going to discuss... The new alternate throwback uniforms for some teams, alternate looks, lots of exciting reveals in the last like week and a half, two weeks to dive into. And what else do we got? Uh, Lions training camp news, uh, touching on a couple of the major headlines, including Denzel Mims, CJ Gardner-Johnson. Uh, so we touch on a couple of things there. Uh, the pass or play uh, segment, I just want to kind of give the listeners a little bit of a preview. Uh, we kind of just talk about guys that are currently or possibly holding out in training camp or have some contract negotiations coming up and uh, whether or not we would re-sign them as GMs. Uh, just two boobs talking about money. So let's go ahead. Let's get into it. All right, Lucas, uh, as training camp is off and running, preseason is eminent, uh, we're starting to have some players not show up to camp, not report to camp for various contract reasons. Uh, Guys who are wanting to get paid long-term deals are sending messages to their teams by not reporting. Uh, I thought it would be a a fun exercise-slash-game for me to rattle off a couple guys for you. I got 10 names here. Some of them, I think your answers will be quicker than others, but these are guys who all are needing new deals. Some of them are doing the holdout thing. Some of them aren't. Uh, I feel like this whole thing is kind of a pretty common business practice with teams. Now I don't think it's that weird for guys to do this. And there's not like a bunch of, uh, it's not like the Darrell Rivas days where everyone would be like really pissed off that he was skipping camp anymore. So, uh, yeah. But here's uh here's the first name, Buddha Baker, Cardinals. Uh, a little note I have here. Um, reportedly, he wants to be the highest paid safety in the league or traded, and he put in a request for that this offseason at the beginning of the year. Wow. So Buddha Baker. Um... And I think I think with the Cardinals, it's interesting because they are definitely in a spot where they they could do it. Yeah, they're they're paying they're paying Kyler, but like, are they in a spot to be doling out an enormous contract to a safety who's who's really good? I mean, he's probably top three in the league, right? I mean, he's he's pretty darn good. So, are they in a spot in their I don't want to say rebuild, but just the spot that the team's in right now? Uh, are they in a spot to be able to pay Buda Baker, or should they? So, Derwin James is the highest paid safety in the NFL right now. He is currently making. Uh, a sizable $19 million a year. And I think, I do think Buda Baker is better than, um, what's his face? Derwin James. Derwin James. Well, Derwin James misses half of every year. I, that's exactly so. what I was going to say. Why he is the highest paid safety in the NFL, I will, I will never know. But, uh, what, what is their team cap space? 25? Golly, that is not a lot. 
Yeah, they're they're in a precarious <laughs> spot right now, but I, I, I feel like he's one of the guys you got to make work. Like 80% of that up. Uh, for right now. I mean, I'm right sure going into next year, I'm sure there will be more cap, but they probably took a hit from Tyler, cutting Hopkins and... Hopkins, and JJ Watt. Right. Well, I don't think Watt's Ah, fuck, man. I, I guess so. I, I think you do sign him and, and try to give him like a $20 million a year contract for, I don't know, four years. I, I'm uh, half guaranteed. I know I'm asking you the players here, but I'm going to give my answer yeah. for this one. Uh, I'm going to say don't. You're going to trade him? I'm going to trade him because uh, you're in no spot right now to be competing. And like, he's kind of in his prime window. I, I don't think they're anywhere close to where they need to be to go in a Super Bowl, even a year from now, too. Like, I just don't. What do you think you get for him? I think, well, because well, his deal is expiring, I don't think you're going to get a ton for him, but you might get a couple picks for him. Maybe A1. Maybe A1 from somebody. Like, I, I, that's even kind of steep, I feel like. I don't know. But I'm looking at it that's from a ceiling for me. where it's like you are already, like, not giving the fans a whole lot to root for. You have the cap space. You're going to take two or three years to rebuild. Keep one of your cornerstone players. You know, make them happy. Give them the contract. I did kind of peep through, uh, like, comment sections on Cardinals' social media and stuff just to kind of get a temperature on it. They all want him, yeah. obviously, and I feel like that makes sense. But Plus, I, I mean, like, it's not like you're going to be in a position to win next year, maybe the year after depending on how well you draft. And I feel like they got a ton of picks this past draft. Uh, so I would sign them. I mean, I, you're signing a good player. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy contract. But by the time you're ready to start winning, you can probably unload it, and even if you you know really put it heavy in the front of the contract. All right, so Lucas wants to pay Buda Baker. Next player on the list here. I know you'll be interested in this one. Patrick Queen for the Ravens. Um, obviously, they just re-signed uh, Roquan yeah. Smith. Let him walk. Go f*** yourself. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else? Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I guess you could try to do a sign trade, but... You don't think keeping the two of them together as a tandem is like a big priority? I mean, they spent a first-round no. pick on him a couple years ago. He's been pretty good. He has been. He's been pretty good. But, I mean, you just paid Roquan, and honestly, Roquan and him are pretty much the same type of linebacker. I would rather pair Roquan up with somebody who is, like, opposite ways of playing so that you can kind of get busted both worlds. I know that's a lot to ask for. But, yeah, I mean, you got the better version of Patrick Queen already with Roquan. Right. You just signed him to a huge-ass contract. Patrick Queen probably wants, if not the same, a little less. And you can't be given that much to two off-ball linebackers. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. Yeah. Like, I, I would also let him walk. Um, I just don't think you shouldn't be investing that much of your cap space into linebackers alone when you have... I don't want... Ma maybe top best. five? Would you, yeah, okay. Can you can we name, like, four other linebackers that are better than him? Mm. Not off the top of my head. No, me neither. All right, so pass on Patrick Queen. We're aligned there. Uh, next guy, I think 
we'll also be aligned in this trade, one. Trade, trade him if you can. Like to Detroit. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, and, you know, get like a six or a seven out of them. Trade him for Anzalone. Yeah. And a bag of peanuts. Yeah. Uh, next guy on here, Brian Burns, Panthers. Uh, I think you got to sign him. I agree. I think he is like a franchise cornerstone. I think yeah. on that defense, he's probably your best player. And I think on most rosters in the league, he could be your best player on defense. Yeah. So he's a premier, premier pass rusher, still really young. Uh, that defense would not be the same without him, so I'm thinking he needs to be paid. I don't know if this is the last year of his deal or not, but it's definitely starting to get to that area to where they need to re-sign him. I don't think he's a camp holdout, though. I don't think he's on that uh, on that list. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know. Maybe you make him the highest-paid defensive end. I mean, you got guys up here... I think he's producing like a Max Crosby. Well, I don't think he. Uh, Aaron Donald is kind of the. He's the number one paid. I see. I wouldn't even pay him Miles Garrett. Uh, I guess I would pay him around Miles Garrett. Twenty five. That's the thing. It's like all these guys want to be the highest 20, paid. Yeah, I mean, like, so, at this point, if you want to keep on to a, a good player, then you have to pay him i th- and i think brian burns is uh i think it's a good time for them to do a deal with him because they've got bryce young on a rookie deal yeah they do have some upcoming contracts they need to figure out but on the offensive side of the ball they don't have anyone who's making like a ton of money so they can really invest yeah. in a core player like him this is a good time for it i feel like yeah. um this next one i mean I, this is obvious but i just threw it on here uh joe burrow now yeah. obviously I thought he just signed a uh, no. Her- Herbert did. Oh. Yeah, Herbert got Herbert got the biggest contract in the league, which is astonishing for someone who's never won a playoff game. Even though he's, you know, he's obviously special. But Joe Burrow, um, I guess the question with him is like I think you resign him obviously because he's Joe Burrow and your team would I be anything. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like what. Would you pay him as the highest paid player in the league? Like, I'd make him the highest paid player of any sport ever. That's how confident I am in Joe Burrow. I would lock him down for 10 years minimum. Recency bias here, but even with yeah, slight injury history, yeah, you know, like even he, with that, yeah. he, he missed obviously a good chunk of his rookie year, and now he's got his camp injury which they just put a notification out before we started recording that he's going to miss several weeks air quotes which that isn't a super you know concrete timetable but probably half season if not earlier i I feel like it's probably fair to say with that right yeah i feel like if it was any longer than that they would note like six to eight weeks or whatever which they're kind of already doing with jalen ramsey who also got hurt during camp so i think they're probably the two most notable injuries here's why even with like this little bit of injury history with burrow i would still be fully confident giving him 10 years 600 million dollar deal or something like that um he came off that rookie uh that rookie injury and put up like back-to-back mvp caliber seasons for the Bengals. yeah it came back better yeah and so i i feel like you know right now Right now, we're so advanced in uh, medical technology that, you know, Joe Burrow can ball his ACL, but even though, you know, he's like, what, 25? Around 25, there, 25, you know, 26. Like, he's around he, there. He rehabs and he's 
right back to it. It and, doesn't affect them like they, he used to with other guys. And number one, their franchise is completely irrelevant yeah. without him. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. And also, if you're not going to pay him that yeah. contract, someone, someone else will. Hundred percent will All right, so we're aligned on uh, on Burrow as well. Um, next guy, Josh Jacobs. I try to keep the running backs kind of to a minimum on here because there's a big thing going on with them, but it's a brutal market for them right now. It's such a, you know, the average running back salary is less than the kickers. That's astonishing. Yeah, it's like one point one six, and I think an average kickers right now is like two point two. Well, I I guess when you have a position where you've got four guys splitting the ball, and they're all like three of them are, are kind of no-namers for the most part. Yeah. Or, like, journeyman guys. And yeah. this position just ages out so fast. Like Ages out so fast. And I feel like the most brutal aspect is that you really are only as good as the guys that are playing in front of you. Right? Like... Like O-line, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't think Jamal Williams will have anywhere near the production that he had last year in New Orleans. Wait, a record-setting year last year. Yeah, I mean, he led, he led the league in rushing touchdowns. I don't think he'll have anywhere near that type of year again. Well, here's the difference with Josh Jacobs and, you know, some of your other guys that are on the market. Like, I feel like the guys like that are really notable right now, like Saquon mm-hmm. and him and, and some, like, the, they're higher-end. They're, they're higher-end players who, they're not just, like, a running back that, is just kind of average for them. Like Josh Jacobs was the leader in rushing last year. He's a pivotal focal point to that offense, even though McDaniels is a, you know, Patriot way guy who likes to split the carries up between multiple guys. Josh Jacobs was so good last year that they kind of had to (laughs) morph him into more of the game plan. And uh, he's right now the top, top three rusher in the league. And that's, that's a huge difference maker. So like, I've, to me, I think the conversation is a little different when you have like those guys. Like I would put him, Saquon, and like McCaffrey, like probably in that top three. I think with them, it's different. I think anyone below them, you can make an argument for it. But I don't know. He's interesting. I I think I would pay him, and I know we we touched on it. Like I think our last show, where I think the running back market kind of just needs to shift to like shorter term deals for the money they want, and maybe make it so that there's you know, there's ways for them to get out of deals or like not guaranteeing everything that that they would have for the term. Just structuring the con- like the contract that way, so they're getting their bag in a limited window. They're still being paid. Mm-hmm. They're happy. It's just not for six years, not for five years, like Zeke had a few years ago, and that was just a disastrous contract for for the Cowboys. Well, in 2023, their cap space. Okay, so they got a shit ton next year. Raiders do. Yeah, their cap space this year's. And they're probably they're not paying Jimmy G a bunch. I mean, twelve or eleven point two. They're paying him twenty two and a half this year. That's but that's peanuts compared to some of the other guys. <laughs> that's that's Jimmy G though. <coughs> that's ludicrous money. For I mean, Daniel Jones is making what high thirties, right? I would pay Daniel Jones high thirties. Jimmy G. At this point, bro, you're paying for an injury. Um, you're paying for a guaranteed derailed yeah. season. Like, 
I don't know. Uh, I, I right now the highest paid running back is Christian McCaffrey, right? Sixteen mil a season, which is astonishing considering he can't stay healthy for the most part either. Yeah. Besides last year, it's Kamara at fifteen, Derrick Henry at third with twelve point five, Nick Chubb at twelve point two. Um, I should have I mean, factored Nick Chubb into my top three. Uh, stepping up there. Yeah, I guess if I mean Saquon did a one-year, eleven million dollar deal. If you can get Josh Jacobs to do that, I would do that. But these guys, but he's one of the guys who is seeking a long-term uh, I deal. Give it to him. I'd let him walk at that point. Go f- yourself. There's just there's there's too much showing that it's not worth it to pay him right now. There's too much saying, like, invest in the offensive line early, draft a running back in the fourth round. If if he knows what to do, if he knows how to play football, and he has a really good offensive line in front of him, he'll be good. I feel like he's a really – I think – I thought Saquon was going to be the first one, but now that he's kind of signed his one-year holdover deal, uh, I feel like Josh Jacobs is the first major domino to fall in this whole – Running back market what saturation. I mean, Eckler has Did a deal. Eckler, I thought he, I thought he was holding. Out. No, he he has a deal. Uh, it might be expiring. It might be like, or it might be undervalued comparatively to his production at this point. But he's, I'm pretty sure he's signed up. So, I don't know. He's just he's a pretty vocal dude. But yeah, I don't well, know. Just had that. They just had that that running backs meeting that literally did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they all Zo- the Zoom on call. Zoom call. He uh, he got a... so he was like I think he was holding out. He was like I'm not going to attend minicamp or something. And they reworked his contract to add on 1.75 in reachable incentives. God, that is it's peanuts. That's so disrespectful. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, I had him a couple names lower on this list, but I guess while we're just on the running back conversation, I do have one more running back on here. Go ahead. Uh, Tony Pollard. <laughs> Again, I don't think he's a holdout, but he, and I don't I think he got, no, he got tagged. No, I think he signed a one-year deal. No, he got tagged. Um, They're not going to pay him. Well, you, I just, you can't. No. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, it's a contract year for Pollard is he's playing 2023 under a one-year $10.1 million franchise tag. Oh, that's what you said, yeah. He did get tagged. No complaints about getting tagged from him. I mean, he's not, he's making... Telling him a bucks back, is nothing. I mean, it's not, not nothing, back, you know. That's really good. Especially one that's, like, on the cusp of making himself a name, but he isn't right now. Like, Tony Pollard, like, he's good, don't get me wrong, but he's not, you know, like you mentioned... Saquon. He's done that upper echelon you know, of Josh players. Jacobs, yeah, he, he's getting paid almost like those guys. Well, let, let me spin. Let me spin this a slightly different way with him. Uh, if he wasn't on the Cowboys and he was on a different team, where he was the the RB one workhorse, getting most of the carries, doing the same things he's doing for that offense, but he's not on Dallas because Dallas had the whole 
Zeke thing, and that they would be a bad look if they did this again. Would that change anything for you, or are you just like, nah? Running backs, like, I feel like the most I would want to do with a running back right now, especially like those guys, would be like two years, 24. And that's, you know, Jacobs, Barkley, Eckler, uh, Henry, McCaffrey. He's like right at that cutoff point, though. Yeah, with him, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards two for 20, three for 30 even, if you would want to do that. And maybe, I mean, maybe with running back contracts, make it easier on them. Just guarantee the whole fucking thing. I know. It's really about the length yeah. of it, and they want that like security. Years, but, I like, they're in, the, they're in the position group that is by far the most prone to having short careers. Yeah. injuries kind of thing short they're just they're, they're getting hit so much they're doing so much like workload wise it doesn't make sense to pay them for five six years no. so the market the market for them is I totally out of whack right now Jack up your price and just go two years and then make your nut and get out add us to the zoom call yeah like hey guys uh i don't know if you know this but you can get a lot of money for not a lot of years hey both teams Hey, Gridiron Zero's podcast here on the Zoom call. Uh, we've never made over a million dollars in our lives, but here's how you should do it. <laughs> Let us come to the meeting and pitch them uh, on this idea that we have. All right, well, let's go to another controversial contract year mm-hmm. that I don't feel like is being talked about as much, but it is looming. Tua. Mm. With Tua... We've had a most of a year sample size with Mike McDaniel last year. Obviously, the concussions are a big problem. But when he was playing, he played pretty well. And he had some weeks where he was playing out of his gourd. He was playing really well. So he's in that same class as, as Herbert and, and Burrow. So he's he's right there. He's sandwiched in the middle as far as the top five draft picks. Miami's in contention for sure. Uh, they proved last year that they can definitely make it work with him when he's healthy. But are you feeling confident paying him a deal before? I, well, first off, would you want to keep him around and pay him? Second off, would you want to pay him before the season starts, let the season play out, or are you just letting him walk? This is a really tough one. Do you think that if you paid him now, you would have to pay him like Herbert and Hertz? No, because he hasn't done the same amount as them. So it's tricky. Oh. And and maybe in his interest, it's it's better for him to wait another year or two. Because if he goes out and has a good year, he might get that money. I think right now he's probably looking at more of a Daniel Jones. Probably a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you're, I think it's going to be like so, so many... Uh, injury clauses and like things like that and the and the deal where it's they can definitely recoup any any loss on that because he is a risk at this point like at, right now recording this he's definitely an injury risk yeah I mean there was talks at the beginning of the offseason like should he retire right and he's only 25 I mean he's still got a lot of time left to play I guess you roll the dice on this year I, I, it's really a win-win for Miami either he plays really well and then you pay him 
and you hope that he continues to play really well. And yeah, you maybe cheap out of the guaranteed money and put some injury clauses there because I mean, he is a walking concussion at this point. Oh, that's come on. <laughs> but if he doesn't, if he doesn't have a good year, he gets injured again. And they have another down year. I mean, sorry, but you can't take a chance on in giving you a long ass huge contract. Well, they're kind of somebody that's getting injured all the time. Well, maybe they're kind of in a spot right now where they could like, I don't know, they they could work it out to where they get themselves a good deal. Like the Dolphins I'm talking about. Like if they if they signed him tomorrow, it would not be a break the bank Justin Herbert contract or Josh Allen contract. It would be more reasonable. You could bake in a lot of the injury stuff, injury clause stuff, and a couple of years of things work out, it's a really good deal. Maybe it's only for three years or whatever, but like it's a really good deal in that in that sense, but it is a dice roll, so So franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken, is top five average. Right? I, uh, yeah, I believe so. God, hundred million dollars for two years. I was gonna say like two years, eighty million dollar deal maybe. Oh, no, I think it's top ten. I think it's top ten. It's top ten. My God, that is just ludicrous how much money quarterbacks are making. Fifty-two point five million dollars a year. Um. <laughs> Uh, you could, you could make a run for it and try to get him, sign him now. I, I think, but, I think I'm going to pass on paying him now. Go f*** yourself. I, th- yeah. I think there's just too many red flags and question marks. And if this year goes south, they're going to have to figure something else out. So I don't really want to, a big financial investment in it, but there's a way I, I could see it working. I just don't, I, I don't think I would if I was the GM. Yeah, because I feel like there's some risk, but maybe not as much reward as you would think. Because even if he plays well, he's going to demand that long-term contract with that $50 million a year of money, right? Yeah. Because that's the market. say, like, give me an extension. I want to start making some real money over here. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, what's your definitive yes or no? uh, I'll wait it out of here. Go f*** yourself. All right. We'll we'll do lightning round with these. These shall be pretty quick. Um, Nick Bosa, Forty Niners. Uh, you were talking about Brian Burns being the top earning and like edge rusher in the league. I think Bosa I will think, definitely be the, the number one. Like thirty-two million a year. Yeah, he'll he'll be making the most, and if not the most, right, right there, and he's worth yeah. every penny. So yeah. he is a holdout right now, and uh, that is a huge piece missing and I, I was kind of listening to some 49ers you know sound bites from Shanahan and John Lynch about him not being in there and they're not like pulling yeah, their so hair out or cheesed or anything yeah. yeah they they understand it's part of just the business of this and like he's in that window right now so uh, I think he will get paid I think it'll happen any day now as we're recording I already had a couple guys that I had written down that got paid like Trayvon Diggs and all that shit so mm-hmm. um, next guy kind of the same vein uh, top tier defensive player, especially for their team. Chris Jones, Chiefs. How old is he now? I think he's 29, hitting 30. So he's roughly probably in that spot where he's getting that last big contract payout. 
And Mahomes' deal now is looking like a pretty team-friendly deal at this point, which is astonishing to say. Uh, but him and Kelsey are both making they're making good money, but it's not like completely crippling their cap. So they they could make this work, but I think he wants to be very high, you know, highly paid. So I think that would definitely be a big dent for them, and he's a difference maker for them, no question. And like their defense would not be the same without him but age is certainly a question they obviously have won two super bowls with him on the roster they definitely got their money's worth while he was on the team i feel like the chiefs are the kind of team that they like to look elsewhere cheaper draft trades like figure it out an alternative way but is he a guy that they can do that with because defensive tackles of his caliber definitely aren't grown on trees Mm. So his current contract average salary is twenty million. The market value is a thirty-two point two average annual salary. That can't be right. The market value for Chris Jones? Fuck out of here. That's crazy. Um twenty-nine. I mean if you can hold on to him somehow, I would. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean he is uh, crucial parts of that defense. You know, in a defense that you, I feel like you kind of keep seeing guys picked off one by one. Remember when Tyron Matthew was on that defense and he was a huge part of it, Frank Clark. Um, so you kind of see guys getting picked off one by one. Uh, this is one that I feel like I would really hold on to. I just feel like Chris Jones is part of that nucleus with Mahomes and Kelsey, where if you want to keep winning Super Bowls and your window is still very much open, like he should definitely be a part of that, even if he's a little bit older at this point and probably going to be a little more expensive than you than you'd like. I think he's important enough to, to keep him around. I mean shit. Buffalo is paying Josh Allen whatever they're paying Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, whatever they're paying Stephon Diggs. And then they gave a thirty three year old <laughs> Von Miller like $250 million for six years. Right. You know, they can certainly hold on to a 29-year-old Chris Jones at defensive tackle, which uh, is arguably a more important position. Um, but, yeah, I would if, if you can find a way, I would pay him. And I would pay him maybe not top dollar, but, like, even what Quinn and Williams just got, maybe not that length, maybe not that amount, but somewhere near that, I suppose. For, like, a three-year deal, yeah. maybe something like that. Yeah. I think that would be fair. All right. Well, that's everybody I got for uh, pay or pass. Good, good so. list. Good list of players, Al. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, I got some. I got a good take for you in this next segment. Let's talk about these uh, new alternate helmets and jerseys that are coming out. Okay, Al. Uh, if you if you wouldn't mind, I know. Uh, you've also proposed this segment for this week, which I appreciate. But I, I have a, a take here, and I just want to comment on what I think are probably the two biggest misses, in my opinion, for all these new alternates, jerseys, helmets, et cetera, et cetera. Th throwbacks. Throwbacks. Um, in my eyes, the Denver alternate helmet and Cleveland alternate helmet are the two biggest misses. Here's why. Do something other than a white fucking helmet. At I, this point. I, you know what? I think I like them more than all of the 
black helmet variations from last year, though, because those were boring as shit. I think those were the way Colts more boring. One does look really ugly. It's whack. That's why I like the Lions one so much, and the Jets. Like throw in the color that is not black or white on your team into the helmet. For Denver, throw that orange on the helmet and like inverse it or something. Only team I'm going to give a hall pass on because I I think I agree with you, but the only team I'm going to give a hall pass for that idea is the uh, is Tampa because they brought back the creamsicle. Yeah, like, and like that's part of the to, that's part of the look. Yeah. So you need yeah. to bring that back. I think the Oilers too uh, is again, also that's that's a part of the look. Although actually, yeah, I think they a baby blue, blue at one point, but. But their their helmets are usually dark blue, so I guess I guess they can have a pass too. But Denver, I, I kind of agree. I think they're, I think they're the more boring so of boring the uh, new ones. Uh, Seattle, can we transition into Seattle? Sure. Uh, grand slam, not just a home run. That's a grand slam. Yeah, I think the response to that one has been so positive that people are like, please just make these the regular uniforms at this point because like, they look great. They look really good. I I think the uh I think the blue face mask looks really cool. I I that love the uh solid. I do love just like the the subtleness of the green. It's not like mm-hmm. it's usually obnoxiously in all their stuff, but like it's it's a little more subdued in this one. I like it a lot. It's a totally different look from the stuff they've been wearing the last couple of years and it's obviously a throwback to their more original look but yeah I, I would say of all the throwback designs it's probably my favorite too i think yeah. it's great yeah creamsicles at a close second but man oh man those are sharp uniforms i don't know why but the uh nostalgia for some of these is just really kicking up i'll tell you um let's flip flop back to another bad one huh well bad bad in your opinion but go bad on in my opinion Arizona. Uh, they're just whole like rebrand on the on the whole like because they that's that's their new look like that's what they'll be wearing all the time now. Yeah, I really hate the Arizona that runs across the uh, numbers. I feel like so many teams have tried to do that shit and it looks terrible every time that they it, do it. It really does look like I'm watching the Arizona Wildcats <laughs> play football when I see that. I think people are liking the the black jersey and that mix the most, but I I think they're all just kind of whatever. I, I don't like strongly dislike or like them. I think they're pretty whatever. The black really, I mean, like I don't know. I, I get really strong Ohio State vibes from that black jersey. I can see that. I don't know why, because Ohio State doesn't wear. Black jerseys, do they? Well, that's cool, Al. I didn't know that you were going to be able to see these creamsicles live in action. Yes, the sir. Only time that you get to see the creamsicles live in action. It's very exciting. I'm very excited about that. Again, we reminder for the listeners: I will be in Tampa for the Lions Bucks game. Uh, I think that's week six, I believe. But uh, yeah, going to see the creamsicles in action. So uh, no, I will not be picking up a Baker Mayfield jersey because they'll probably be benched by by then. So yeah. Uh, can, can I can I pivot yeah. to probably my favorite one outside of uh, outside of the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I'm saying it because I'm already kind of sick of hearing about them. But uh, I really like the Jets. Yeah. I, I really like their look. It's it's 
I don't know. It's really clean. It's really simple. It's old school. For some reason, the the green helmet, like the all green helmet, they, they switched back to that like two, three years ago. Um, and it in the new uniforms, it doesn't really work for me. But for some reason, maybe it's just because there's so much white everywhere else in this uniform and there's no black. Like, they really just pop and they really work for me here. I like the old logo, too, with the little like jet plane, like mm-hmm. little mark in there. I think it looks really slick. I don't know. I think these are. They kind of look like a Packers uniforms a little bit too, which is funny seeing Rodgers uh, wear it. Yeah, but I, I'm a big fan of these. I would say after Seattle, they're probably probably my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have enough pop. doesn't have enough flair. I really do like the helmet, like you mentioned. That's another really classic look. Uh, but in terms of the jerseys themselves, I don't know. Just not, not a whole lot going on for me. Speaking of a whole lot – not going on um and i i don't like strongly dislike this uniform but cleveland vikings oh vikings yeah i've seen i feel like i've seen them a hundred times already maybe that could maybe that's due to madden there's just not really anything new that they're doing with them they're obviously a throwback to a look that they've had for a long time so a long time not really doing a whole lot for me it looks clean it looks good uh the gray face mask is kind of fun but kind of boring i don't know Nothing very exciting there. Great face mask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. That's that was on their helmets for a long time. Yuck. <laughs> what the fuck is this piece of shit? Uh, Houston Oilers. They're making a little bit of a comeback. Uh. Are they playing the Texans when they wear them? Because that'd be yeah. hilarious. Are they? Yep. Yeah. That's too funny. That's the one time they'll wear it this year. That's too funny. Poor fans are probably so pissed off. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, speculation that they could be warring against Houston. Uh, so not not confirmed, but well, the Titan the Titans will be losing to the Texans in style. Oh, at least. I don't know if I'd go that far yet, but um, yeah, Houston, Cleveland. Um, I feel like there was one other one that we haven't talked about yet. I mean, there are a couple that we haven't touched on. Like, there's the Patriots one, which is the classic throwback with, like, the red jerseys and, uh, the like, full, like, Patriot dude on it. There's the Eagles one we haven't really talked about. I don't know. I kind of just wanted to have a casual conversation about which ones we liked and which ones we thought were, were dookie. So. I really like the Colts. I, I hate it. I think that's probably my least favorite. I really like the jersey, but the uh, I will agree that the black helmet is kind of hideous. Like Midnight Indie or something, or Midnight something or other. I, I forgot what it is. Indiana Knights. Some some racing thing. I'm pretty sure it's like a throwback to some racing thing. I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, like I know that I said the uh, the Jets jerseys weren't really doing much for me, but for some reason these Colts ones kind of do. I feel like they got like a little bit of a texture in the jersey that looks kind of cool. But yeah, those helmets really just throw everything off. Huh? I will say, too, because the Lions are one of the teams that have an alternate helmet. Seeing these really makes me wish they just fully committed and just did a full throwback uniform set. I don't know why. They just did the helmet. Like, some teams are uh, doing that. But why? Yeah, as I said a few shows ago, I just I can't stand those gray jerseys. So having them paired with the helmet is fine because I don't know what else you would do besides go all white, which might look better. But. I just yeah, wish they I just wish they had a full set because seeing some of these are really cool. And I know that we're 
rumor has it on the on the brink of new uniforms next year so maybe they just didn't want to put something out before then but i think it just would have looked really cool if they had a full set and it kind of makes me not uh not as juiced about them compared to some of the other throwbacks i think the other ones are a little bit more to be excited about but a lot of those teams kind of have a look figured out that they'll be rocking for a while and they'll probably go to these throwbacks every now and then i think this is the first year where they're allowing throwbacks again too in, in quite some time because they had the helmet thing like last year or the yeah it was last year and then they expanded it to be full alternates this year huh. it's exciting well hopefully uh i don't know would you want like full-time uniforms to be 90s throwback uniforms next year i mean for wait for the lions or for, for who the lions. uh no i mean i think they're gonna come up with something new but i would not mind an homage to to that look in the new look i guess i wouldn't want that helmet with full-time helmet i like it but i just don't think it's really like it doesn't resemble a lot of the other lions helmets with like just the silver and like the stripe down the middle which is missing that stuff and that, it doesn't work i want that really poorly detailed lion to make a Ugh, too. no that thing was badass you couldn't even God. tell what it was I, I know the I, part. if they ever brought that back, I'd, I would be stunned. Like outside of a, outside of a throwback look, I, I would be stunned. Such a bad logo. You know what team needed a, a different look in here? And I know they just got new jerseys last year, but they're so fucking ugly. The commanders, they really needed something different. Like they really should have had a cool throwback. Well, I mean, they can't, they can't do throwbacks. Dude, they totally can. They can just not have the Redskins logo on it. Just put the W on it instead. No, their whole history is just... It's, I feel like right now, at least, you can't really touch it. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, that's all, all we got on this, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Lions. Let's, let's cut to the chase. Let's go, Lions! All right, talking the Lions training camp now. Uh, we had a big scare. Big scare coming out of uh, the camp. I would say probably the headline of the camp so far was uh was it monday that this happened cj gardner johnson went down on the field with an apparent non-contact knee injury and had to get carted off and everybody was losing their minds rightfully so that would have been a disastrous start disastrous start <laughs> but apparently uh it was not a huge issue and uh, he was running damn near full sprints today at practice. So they're probably going to limit him, though, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would hope that they will. I know you got to get your guys full ready to go, but I just, a- after something like that, I'd be like, all right, let's not play him as much in the preseason. Let's just slow it all I really down hope a little bit. I-, I feel like they've been doing it a lot, at least in Campbell's era, where I, I-, I swear, I feel like the starters, golf at least gets one drive and then he's done for the year i mean it was kind of that way with stafford too a little bit yeah he wouldn't get a whole lot of time in the preseason you kind of just know what you're getting so well um so we had that scare uh jameson williams also apparently has a a minor little leg injury uh so he'll be taking it easy throughout training Uh, missing missing more time what else is new Oh, it's not a big deal. L- listeners, the first six games. listeners, you need to know I'm I'm drawing a line in the sand in this episode. I'm out on Jameson Williams. I'm out. We had a big text thread off off podcast. Um, 
So, so, well, some of us uh, were just making a note that he's missed a lot of time and maybe start floating the B word out there, B word being bust. And then uh, some others uh, really, really got after me, um, started accusing me of, well, of slander. And I'm just like, fuck it. I- I'm out on him. If that's how it's going to be, I'm well, out on him. The comment was uh, not only half kidding, but also half serious. And uh, he's been really hard on him ever since that little stupid-ass gambling rule came out of the fucking woodworks, which is the stupidest fucking rule I ever heard in my life. But, nevertheless, he'll miss a couple days in training camp. Not a big deal. He's already missing the first six fucking games. Uh, But he'll come back and he'll do exactly what he did last year, except even longer this time. He'll make a big impact on the team. Uh, well, speaking of the wide receivers, uh, I think it's also important to note that Denzel Mims oh, is yeah. uh, a new addition to the team. The uh, New York Jets wide receiver was traded to us. I can't even remember. I, it was like a low draft pick, right? No, he, he was like a second-round pick. No, no, no. What did we give up? Oh, uh, I think we gave up a fifth or a sixth. Yeah. That was nothing, nothing super nothing major. Super high. So Taking a flyer on him, I guess. And it's uh, it's probably a situation in New York where the receiver room is so crowded that they felt like they could just be fine without him. So, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he is lining up. Uh, I can't imagine that it'll be the slot, but it also seems like Amon has been working on his deep threat abilities a little bit this offseason. So maybe we'll see Amon lining up on the outside a little bit more. And Mims, who is a, a very fast wide receiver, could also get uh, some uh, some slot reps. But with him, Marvin, uh, we still have uh, Josh Reynolds to this day, which is, I don't know, a little shocking. He's just got good chemistry with Goff. I think he, as long as Goff is here, I think he'll be here, to be honest. Uh, we still have um, Khalif. Uh, unfortunately, Tom Kennedy got waived today, uh, but I'm sure he'll be back on the practice squad. You know, we really, in that first segment we did today where we talked about guys that we want to pay or, or pass on, mm-hmm. I really should have floated on Monroe St. Brown out there because he's going to need, need a new deal probably in the next year or so. I think you get a little ahead of it doing it now, but I think he's definitely going to warrant a big contract, and I think he'll definitely get it. But. I'm sure he'll sign him. Um, Important to note on Amon, but I guess they were doing uh, some red zone reps the other day, and he caught six touchdowns in ten plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Ben Johnson kind of—I don't know—he could tweak the red zone offense because last year I swear it was uh, gut punches with Jamal and then a play action to um, right or. Zilstra, and props to them. It worked damn near every time. Uh, but, you know, we have the replacement for Williams in Montgomery. We now have Laporta, who is turning heads and uh, is apparently pretty damn good from what people are saying. But I will uh, I will not be signing off on that take until I see it live in action. I just like that we saw a look with them last year where the tight end wasn't like – a huge focal point, have to get them the ball at a time like Hawkinson. Like it felt like they could just kind of make it work with whoever. So I think a guy like Laporta, like if he's just above average and does his job, I think he'll be I think he'll be just fine for the offense. So anything more than that would be would be great. 
worth a second round pick then, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question, right? Uh it'll be interesting. I don't see a whole lot about the secondary in these uh these articles, but uh Mosley and Sutton Branch, uh can't wait to be hearing more about them. Uh one change to the uh, offensive line, and uh, I got to say I love this change. Uh, Vitai is getting the boot out of the offensive uh, starting lineup. Is being replaced with former Detroit line, but now also Detroit line, uh, Graham Glasgow. And I think that is just going to make our offensive line all the more better, all the more better. So very excited to see that. Uh, you know, other than that, Al, I, is there anything else? Tra- training camp wise, not that I can think of, but there one there is one other Lions note. I feel like we should at least just point out uh, the the NFL top one hundreds going on right now, mm. and we've already had three Lions on it. So that's that's pretty exciting. Hutch, Goff, Amon. Yep, we had Hutch at 88, uh, and then I think Goff and Amon Ra were 68, 67. I was I know, surprised uh, to see Goff be ranked above Trevor Lawrence, but then when they put Justin Fields above Trevor Lawrence, I was like, all right, I this thing's Goff a crap show. also above Lamar. Lamar, what was Goff? Uh, 87. Oh, maybe he wasn't then. Um, or, I'm sorry, six, uh, 67. Oh, okay, that's a different. That changes things. He so they did have him higher than Lamar Jackson. Uh, I also want to know. I know that friend of the show and uh, reoccurring guest Judd uh, mentioned that uh, he does not count Jamal Williams. I do. He's on the list from last season. Well, they tag him as a saint. A saint. Player, yeah, but it's kind of silly considering that the season that they're talking about was his season with the Lions. So uh, I count. I count. Jamal Williams. I think the only other guy on the Lions that we'll probably see on this list is Penny. I don't really know who else there would really be as far as the top 100 in the whole league. Like, Yeah, if James Houston didn't make the list, uh, or if Hutch was, what, 88? 88. uh... Verdict's still out on Houston. I think people are kind of thinking maybe flash in the pan. Who knows? He looked pretty dominant when he was playing, but I think just to, to put the whole league on notice, I think you kind of need a little bit more consistency like as far as the entire season goes, and I think that's kind of why he's not there quite yet. But I bet you he was like kind of borderline, maybe 100, you know, maybe like 110s, 120s. One other thing to note with uh, training camp before we uh, sign off on this segment, uh, our interior defensive line, a couple names are showing up here. Ali McNeil has shredded down 22 pounds. He's apparently a lot more agile and uh, fit, which will be really interesting. I feel like he's almost yeah. taking an uh, Aaron Donald approach to the position. Well, I kind of thought part of his game was that he was as big as he was. Exactly. Um, Broderick Martin is also now taking reps with the second team. And... Uh, he might also be getting some work in with the starters. That guy is massive, and he might be taking over that role as the plug that Aline McNeil was trying to do. So uh, it will be really interesting. Jack Campbell's looking real good. Uh, been seeing a lot of him. 
Barnes, Derek Barnes, is also apparently uh, makes plays. Who? Exactly. We forgot about him, right? Uh, Second biggest bust in the team. No kidding. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. A uh, lot of lot of stuff going on though. A lot of guys making some noise. Malafuanu in the safety position. Will Harris apparently in a hybrid defensive back is making some uh, some plays. It'll be interesting to see uh, some more, and I can't wait to see us kind of start to put together some starting lineups. But uh, that's pretty much it for the line segment. Not a whole lot of news. Denzel Mims, obviously the huge news. CJ's uh, minor injury, thank God. Uh, definitely uh, another big storyline to keep an eye on. But all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and let's close the show up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to Gridiron Zero's podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all that good jazz uh, at Gridiron Zero's. The summer is dwindling down. Not too many more Sundays without football. We definitely have the preseason coming up here very quickly. Uh, speaking of which, I, I do have not a preseason lock of the week, but a uh, future lock of the week for you guys. Uh, tell me if you like this, Al. Okay. Our last couple have been not great. Not great. Uh, I will also say that my last lock of the week, uh, Djokovic to win Wimbledon, did not hit after he blew a huge lead in the finals. Well, if it's any consolation, your your other lock did hit. My over on beers drank on my vacation oh, nice. definitely hit over forty. So that's fantastic. Not not for not for my liver. <laughs> not for your liver, but good. Good for morale. <laughs> the Lions went 5-1 and one in divisional games last year. Uh, the only one that we lost was in Minnesota. And what was that, week two, week three? Some very early on. Maybe week four. It was, it was early. That was the first quarter. And it was a very close game that the defense ended up blowing. The Lions, to win all six divisional games this year, is plus 1,500 on DraftKings. I don't see the Bears beating us. I don't see the Packers beating us. Mm. The Vikings would be the one to worry about. But plus 1500 you slap 50 bucks on that, you're taking home 800 Not Not terrible odds for sure. Uh, I just don't believe in them to do a sweep. I do, 100%. I think the Packers are being a little too slept on, Yeah. to be honest. Ugh. Well, uh, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to get rolling. Uh, preseason's coming up very quickly here. We'll be jumping into uh, record predictions for uh, all the teams and uh, our Super Bowl predictions as well in these upcoming weeks. I'm sure those will age like fine wine. We weren't too far off last year, if I remember correctly. But um, All right. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one, ladies and gentlemen. Later. Later.